1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian On Demand is brought to you by Marcus Theaters. There's a big difference between watching a movie and getting lost in one. Find out what Marcus Theaters means by getting tickets to a hot new release at MarcusTheaters.com. All right, enough of this fooling around. Let's get to music news. Good morning, Gary. How are you? All right. How are you guys doing? We're all good. I want to know your reaction to the Super Bowl halftime show. The, the polarizing Super Bowl halftime show. Was, I, it, was it polarizing? Oh, I, I think it was. If you look at the, the various reactions out there, I think it was uh, It was very polarizing. And I think we knew it would be that way going in because hip-hop is not for everybody. And it's certainly different than some of But the, that was old-school hip-hop. It was old-school hip-hop, which is still not for everybody. Um, so, you know, I certainly know some of what I would call my oldster rock friends had had some problems, uh, you know, consuming it. I thought it was wonderful. Was it the greatest but, halftime show no, ever? Because that's what they were proclaiming. That's what they were proclaiming, but that's part of hip-hop, too. Okay. You know, you thump the, ch- the, you thump the chest. I would... I would definitely consider it top ten, possibly even top five. Were you shocked well, at the? Yeah, but so there's the four up with people appearances. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, you, you're never going to beat up. You're never going to beat up with people. You know, Mike Michael Jackson on a jetpack. You know, um, you yeah, know. No, but it, no, it was definitely. It's definitely should be in the discussion over the years of one of the best. Were you stunned by the pictures of Snoop smoking up before he went out to perform at the Super Bowl? Oh, absolutely, absolutely floored. I, Who would do that? I, I pointed out. Anybody I, would do that. I, I, I mean, I'm just surprised he didn't have the whatever brand it was he was smoking. He didn't have he didn't have that on his shirt or on a ring or something. Because I said, I'm sure Tom Petty didn't do that before his oh, yeah, Super Bowl appearance. No, not at all. You know, there are lots of acts, I'm sure, who didn't. Um, but would you want Snoop straight? Uh, you know, I think not. You know, that's that's part and parcel of it. No, it was, it was a, I thought it was a, you know, really exciting, good energy. Uh, my only complaint, and this is more of a provincial thing, is there were a couple of deaf rappers who were doing ASL during it, and they had them kind of ghettoized on one side of the field and, you know, cut into them at least once during the broadcast, you know, because supposedly this was history-making to have them there as part of it. So give them uh, two seconds of camera time or or stick them in a box at the bottom of the screen. Kerry thought they ran Mary J. Blige way too hard in that thing. Did she you have mean to, in terms like, of the effort? Yeah, like, what are you doing to Mary J. Blige? Poor, that, she, that poor old woman ain't going to make it up there. Uh, she's, she's, Mary J. Blige is in pretty good shape. Okay. You know, I think all of them are in pretty good shape. I mean, you know, 50 Cent hung upside down, right? Next next thing you're going to do is you're going to see him with Cirque du Soleil or something. <laughs> he took yeah. his beating, too. He's all they, they're all going to, you know, it's any show any year, you know, you're going to have the people who think it is the greatest of all time and the people who are going to beat them down. So, you know. It just it's the nature it's the nature of that beast. But this was really well done, really well staged. Um, not surprisingly, they are they are selling and streaming a ton of pro- product. I think uh, what is it? The streaming is up 121 uh, percent. Sales, you know, downloads and stuff is up 994 um, percent. You know, forget about Dre seems to be the winner. Um, among the songs, but but lose yourself and uh, Fam- Mary J. Blige's song "Family Affair," um, even California Love, which they you know Tupac 
which Snoop and Dre did together, that was up, you know, three-figure percentages. So, so that's what that's what happens in the wake of things like this. Uh, as far as Super Bowl halftimes go, I thought it was it was fine. It was really entertaining, and it I, didn't take that much time out of your life. I didn't end. really didn't really care for the Barbie dollhouse set, but uh, uh, you well, know what? But, but they got to be on something. Well, that was Compton. I mean, they recreated uh, aspect, you know, aspects and and certain key sites of Compton, you know, which of course were Dre and Snoop and mm-hmm. uh, Kendrick Lamar come from. You know, Dre did acknowledge they did they did change a few of the lyrics to the songs at the NFL's request, but but not very many. And the, you know, he said they he and, and the NFL said there wasn't a great deal of interference. Uh, done with the show, just a, a couple of small changes. All right. She takes a backseat to nobody, usually, except Super Bowl halftimes. But there's a couple stories about Brittany this week. The the strangest one being that she's been invited to testify before Congress. Before Congress about, about conservatorships. They want her to come and talk to a congressional committee about her own experience. Uh, she did send a public thank you uh, for the invitation, but has not said whether uh, whether she's going to do it or not. Uh, that could be interesting. They can subpoena, oh, they subpoena her, right? They could subpoena her if they but felt this is like just a really, request. This is a request. Right. She hasn't done anything wrong. Why would yeah, they subpoena no, no, her? No. They just oh, want her input. Be subpoenaed. No, they're not. They're, and they're not looking to enact any great change in the conservative ship laws yet. So I think they they would just like to have her. You know, it's it serves it would serve a lot of purposes. Some for the public good. Some for the individual legislators' good to have her testify in front of a committee. Uh, meanwhile, she's also teasing new music could be in the way. She posted something on it, on Instagram, a throwback clip of herself dancing uh, to her song, Get Naked, and, you know, saying that there's a, this is a tease of what's to come. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if that means more videos or if it means more, you know, some new music. Yeah, surely she's overdue. Um, the question is, does she feel freed up now, enough now to, to put some music out again? There haven't been any stories about her, you know, uh, driving off the rails or anything. She's... Not really. You know, oversharing a little bit maybe, but that's, yeah. you know, you can't. That's not a, neither a crime nor is she the only one who does that. Right, a little public argument with her sister or family, that's really. You don't get locked up for that. Some people make money off of doing that. <laughs> um, and, and Brittany may be, may be among them. Yeah, so what's nothing this, really too weird there. Speaking of arguing with family members, what's this disturbing news about Mariah Carey and her brother? This has been going on a little while. So, you know, Mariah, Mariah Carey's brother has sued her uh, for defamation based on her, her memoir last year, The Meaning of Mariah Carey. She, she had a lot of unflattering stuff in there about him and including allegations that he dealt drugs and, uh, you know, and had, quote, been in the system. Unquote. So the brother sues for defamation. Uh, Mariah, you know, and her camp counter that no, you know, this is, it's not defamatory, especially not if it's truthful. It went in front of a judge, not the case itself, but the whether he could or couldn't sue her, and a judge has ruled that he can. Um, he, the judge, did drop a few of the claims of the suit, but is letting a couple others go ahead and said, yeah, these these could be interpreted as defamatory, and he deserves his his day in court to, you know, to defend himself. So he has said that it's caused it's caused him uh, severe and extreme mental anguish, as well as a 
serious damage to her rep- his reputation. So what did Jake Gyllenhaal do to Taylor Swift that she wrote a song and he said there was backlash? Well, you know, they did they did date for a certain amount of time and so, you know, suppose supposedly her song um All Too Well was about their breakup. And this has been considered to be about, you know, that for years and so Jake in a new interview uh, said that you know, basically he had been the victim of some real cyberbullying because this song came out. It was linked to him. He said it has nothing to do with him. It's actually a song more about Taylor and her relationship with his fans. And he says in this interview, you know, there comes a certain point where all of us as entertainers and Taylor in specific in this incident, we have a responsibility to put the kibosh on things like this. You know, that and so he's basically saying Taylor should have come out at some point and said, "Look, don't bother the guy. The song's not about him." But that she, he feels that she kind of let it run, you know, to yeah. her benefit. But even and, if and the song was about him, couldn't she also come out and say she could have done that? I, I vented. I got it out of my system. Now, yeah, leave the guy. Leave the guy. Yeah. Alone. sure, sure. Or she, she could, or she could have said, "You messed with the bull. You get the effing horns." Well, I think she. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think that's what happens. Which, I think that's what she said without saying anything. So any other future suitors, be on guard. Well, and always, this has been the <laughs> well, case. Well, I mean, you've got to think twice about the beginning Taylor of Swift. her career. She's in a very nice, apparently solid relationship now that hopefully... For now. Hopefully, well, hopefully this lasts. We thought Kelly Clarkson happy. was in a good relationship at one time, too. We did, and now she had to give up part of her ranch. So, we, thought, you know. we thought Brad and Ange were a happy couple <laughs> at one time. Just be aware. Uh, Deacon Fry, he is not going to make the opening lineup for the Eagles tour. Not At least not the beginning of the tour. Apparently on doctor's orders. They haven't said what the issue is, but they did, you know, since the tour is starting tomorrow night in uh, Savannah, Georgia. You would think uh, that if there was somebody who couldn't uh, answer the bell in that band, he would be the last guy. You He's know, like not, only, not only the youngest guy, but, <laughs> you know, ostensibly. But, you know, Vince Gill, I think you'd be surprised. Vince, Vince has had his day, but he's not, say, Joe Walsh uh, when it comes to that. But, yeah, apparently, some, you know, Deacon is under doctor's orders uh, to rest, to stay home, to not be part of the tour, at least not for now. Uh, when he'll rejoin the tour, we don't know. Uh, you know, obviously, March 30th, they're at Fiserv. Um, and uh, so maybe he'll be back by then. You know, that's more than a month from now. Can he sing? Oh, yeah. No, he's really good. I mean, that was... Uh, that, the two great revelations when the Eagles went out after Glenn Fry's death. One wasn't so much a revelation, but Vince Gill is pretty damn good. Um, the, and the other was that Deacon Fry is pretty damn good. <laughs> He's a okay. good, good singer, you know, good guitar player. He only plays rhythm guitar. But if you were going to do something like this and have an actual replacement for Glenn Fry, you couldn't have picked two better guys to do it. But it All took right. two dudes to replace him, and I'm sure Glenn would love that. I believe I believe that is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a third guy to be kind of a pain in the ass. And it's there. only a compliment to everybody involved. All right. What about this Motley Crue, Eddie Vedder, now Eddie's guitar player is right, jumping yeah. in. What are we doing? So we talked last week about how Eddie Vedder's been kind of, you know, crap pooping on Motley Crue. 
um, in interviews, and Motley Crue's poop back at him. Well, now uh, Stone Gossard, who's the guitarist in Pearl Jam, well, one of the co-founders, you know, comes out and says, you know what, I, I kind of like Motley Crue, and in fact, so does uh, Jeff Hammett, the bass player, and Mike McCready, the other guitar player. We used to cover them in the, <laughs> at the very beginnings of Pearl, at Pearl Jam, probably before Eddie. So where does this leave band. Eddie in this big... Uh... You know, it leaves Eddie mouthing off and having fun. And and it works for everybody, you know. Uh, for, you know, uh, Motley Crue's just announced a bunch of additional dates for this stadium tour they're doing this summer with Def Leppard and Poison and Joan Jett. So it's got them back in the news. It's got Eddie getting a little more attention for his new solo album, and you know, and the Pearl Jam guys are having, you know, at least having their say. Those guys were though when they were Mother Love Bone and. You know, before Pearl Jam, they were you know they they were kind of metalheads, and they they did the hair thing. So so you know it's kind of not surprising to hear that they they actually liked Motley Crue. Are you watching Pam and Tommy? On Hulu? You know what? I'm I'm behind, and I can't tell you I'm going back. I was hmm. I have been I was pretty unimpressed with the beginning of it. I do know you know to the this week's news was. I think it's the episode five they're on, but the lead singer from Third Eye Blind came out and said, no, 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 this incident in the episode didn't happen. We were never fighting with those guys. Okay, so that time. that's made up? No, that's what he's saying. That's okay. made up. I mean, it is. You know, there's who's, a lot of dramatic license, of course. Whose story I, is this uh, uh, grafted from? I think it's the director's story. I mean, I think it, it really is the, it's a composite of okay. everything that's been written All about the their relationship. Okay. But I, 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 I don't know about other people. I found it are, are really messy and kind of a bore. I mean, I'd much rather, much rather dive into Mrs. Maisel or something. Would you watch a Gavin Rossdale cooking show? I will the first one, just because I think it's so funny to say the words Gavin Rossdale cooking show. So Gavin, of course, is the frontman leader, founder of of Bush, mm. and he is launching this new cooking show called Eat E period A period T period. Doesn't have a home yet or a place it's gonna it's going to run, but they're starting. Uh, to tape episodes, and the premise is he's going to invite people to his home in the Hollywood Hills where, where he'll design, prepare, and serve them a three-course meal while they're talking about their careers. So is this going to be like Daryl's house? Oh, uh, Daryl's house with cooking and maybe some jamming. Um, Tom Jones is signed on as a guest, and so hmm. is Jack McBrayer from 30 Rock. So, that, you know, this is the way this works. You have, to, you have to film a couple of these, and then you shop it around and see if anyone will bite. All right, it says here Aerosmith is selling their licensing. It doesn't say they're selling their publishing. Is right, there a difference? Right, no, they're basically partnering with, with a company to to license things, to do, uh, you know, what will we call it, to do, you know, to do T-shirts, merchandising, um, you know, to, uh, to pursue, uh, you know, opportunities in sync rights and commercials and things like that. So this is basically their representative. It's a company called LicensingSource.net. And this is a big year because it's the 50th anniversary of the first Aerosmith album. They're planning a big 50th anniversary show at Fenway Park on September 8th. And they've also got a bunch of other anniversaries, uh, 45th anniversary for Draw the Line, uh, 40th for Rock in a Hard Place, 35th for Permanent Vacation, 30th for Get a Grip, uh, 25th for Nine Lives. They apparently liked putting out albums in, in years with two and seven. Huh. 
<laughs> so, you know, so there'll be, it's, it's a year Aerosmith wants to capitalize on. So you get some other high-powered, um, you know, company to to represent your interests in that and hopefully make you a boatload of money. That's always the hope whenever you go, go do anything. Of money. Boatload of money. Exactly. Hey, we're out of time, Gary. All right. Well, we'll talk next week. I'd say something about sports, but it's kind of... Kind of we're a little, a little more quiet than it was a we're, week we're ago. The, we're, in the, we're in the dog days. You now. watching curling? Getting I enough love curling. curling. I love curling. They great, have a, a lot of it on. Last night, yeah. A great match last night? Yeah. What, what US, one did you watch? US and uh, Great Britain. Yeah, but we got bumped out by Great Britain. We, we did. We did, yeah. but, you know, you know, but, you know, hey, the U.S. guys looked like they could be a hair metal band, so <laughs> it, was, it was worth watching. <laughs> Who's our guy on the curling team? Matt? Matt Hamilton. Matt yeah, there's Hamilton. a Wisconsin. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, but I know curling is great. It's the, like the ultimate stoner sport. So. Well, like they say, I, I need someone with a telestrator to explain to me what's going on. Oh, in don't curling. try to understand. Just enjoy it for, for what it is. Let All them right. tell you the score. Oh, we scored? We got a point? Yeah. Yeah. Was that good? Yeah. yeah. Right. Thanks, All right. Gary. All right, you guys take it easy. You too.